Welcome to a sporting discussion, your podcast discussing sports of all sorts. I am AJ Mithen, joined again at ASD Stadium by Simon Carroll. And Simon, how are you this week? I'm well, AJ, but again, I have to ask, where is Andrew? Where is Andrew indeed? I believe he is dressing bodies at the morgue on his third job this week. He's being managed. Yeah. <laughs> He's being managed. Yeah, being managed to work. Slash general soreness. General soreness, yes. Uh, this week we've got quite a few topics to get through. Uh, Sally Pearson recently won the World Championship after a hell of an injury. Oh. Um, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about Jared Hayne and the disaster that is the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, and we are also going to have a look at the, well, it's not unprecedented, but the, the huge swathe of retiring AFL players this year who have done something with their career. And... Uh, Premiership stars, Norm Smith achievers, all sorts of uh, prize-winning folks. Um, we've also got some questions without notice, and we've got a couple of questions from the listeners as well, so we'll sprinkle them around as well. Uh, so before, without any further ado, let's get into it. What do you say, Simon? Let's go. Right then, our first topic for this podcast is Sally Pearson, Simon, who won the World Championship 100-metre hurdles uh, in London with a time of 12 seconds 12.59 seconds. I nearly said 12 minutes 59, but that's the sort of time you and I would do. Um, it was particularly notable that she did this because she's come back from some fairly, fairly serious wrist injuries uh, that came from a big stack or maybe 18 months ago or so. Um, I stand to be corrected on that timing. But um, it was a good uh, – well, one of the best comebacks we've seen in Aussie athletics because she also missed the uh, Rio – games in 2016 with a hamstring injury and people were starting to say that well that might be it for Sally Pearson uh, especially when she fell over and did her wrist which is some pretty harrowing footage that one. AJ I'm um, not the biggest athletics fan um, and I don't know with um, what do they bring into the Olympics is it three on three are they bringing three on three basketball into the three Olympics? on three skateboarding um, all that however I think there's something very noble about athletics and um Betty Cuthbert passed away earlier in the week. Um, for me, one of the sporting highlights of the, the year, and it's fantastic. And I think we kind of woke up to it, didn't we, on Sunday? Well, yeah. And, and um, like I said, we, um, I mean, it's, it sounds so twee and so cliche, but just getting there was the real, you know, was the real victory for yeah. Sally Pearson. No, she's been around a long time now, um, and it must be a lonely life to be an athlete. And um, the comeback trail, early mornings, your diet, to come back and to win. I'd written her off. I didn't even think she was mm. going around. And I think it's fantastic. And I, I do like that Betty Cuthbert little link there. And yeah. um, I don't know. I think she's, she's – is she going to go on now? When, when? Well, I hope so. But it's, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch to get to Tokyo in 2020. Um I didn't hear in the aftermath of what, what her intentions were for the Olympics, but um, I think just just this win, <laughs> I mean, that'll do for now, and then you kind of reset and go again because her body's been through so much uh, injuries and rehab that, uh, I mean, you got like you just said, you've got to wake up in the morning and think, do I want to do this for another two years, another and, two and a half and years? she did. And she did, yeah. And she was that, when they had all those problems with athletics and the culture and everything, she was sort of the lone 
I don't know, the lone saviour and the, the, the leader of the team and whatnot. But um, I, I, just, I just thought that was fantastic, fantastic this week. And I was so pleased for her. Yeah. And, um, you know, she always gets – she always has that um, – She's up and about, of, isn't she? <laughs> she always has that look of surprise. But, um, again, you've got to think about it. All those early mornings and all those weights and all the rehab and the training, um, I'm um, – I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's because my football team hasn't gone that well this year. <laughs> I've been looking for other things. But I, I just love that happening. Do you think, do you think she gets the recognition that – she should be getting from Australia for what she's achieved? Uh, I think she might now. Well, she's more successful than Cathy Freeman now. Mm. Um, but um, what she did was very, very special. Um, but it, we're not in tune with athletics at the moment, are we? It's a bit like swimming. We've, it's sort of something that we used to follow um, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, um, like with Betty Cuthbert, it's something that we used to be reasonably dominant in. But Australia loves a winner. We should this transfer to you know a bit more. Well, she not might, not for athletics, but for Sally Pearson. I'm talking about. I don't yeah. know if you're talking about soft drink deals and shoe deals and everything. I think yeah. it's well, I even think winning we'll find in, she won't. Yeah, um, but I think though, if you're a, a sporting purist, I think you'd say she's almost the most successful athlete at the moment. Oh well, yeah, not at the moment to, for, for quite yeah, some time. Oh, I just think that um, you know you. You're not taking on Mickey Mouse nations. You're, you're taking on the world's best, and mm. um, and it was and, and I don't know and, and Bolt. Look at look at the way he finished up. You know, with his little um, hiccups at the end there. Yeah, beaten um, by beaten by Gatlin, um, and then breaking down with a hamstring, uh, anchoring the four by one hundred relay. Well, in, it shows in the how hard it is, doesn't it? Yeah, so, just to to stay. Mm. Well, forget all the focus in the early mornings and that, but to be at the top of your pursuit um, for so long and when it matters because anyone can win a gold league race or anything like that but um, this is world championships and it's been olympics it's been commonwealth games which is big for australia it's uh you've got to admire the focus and the dedication mm. well commonwealth she'll compete in the commonwealth games in her home city oh yeah good point of, of the gold coast up on the gold coast Do we yeah. just forget about the commonwealth games then aj I think we may have, but <laughs> yeah, we have we recovered. Did, but we're not, we're not the first there. people to we're forget the about f- the Commonwealth Games. But um, No, but I, I, I don't know. I, I woke up and I couldn't believe it. And um, again, in this, this uh, era of three-on-three basketball and uh, all these other... And your eSports. And your e- oh, Melbourne City signed uh, the best... What's that soccer team? That soccer computer game all the kids play? <laughs> they've signed someone. No, they've actually signed FIFA. him. So the, the best 20-year-old... For FIFA has been signed by Melbourne City to represent Melbourne City. He's not, so he's not going to play in actual A League or anything oh, like that. Okay. But that shows how the world is changing. So that's um, an endorsement that Sally Pearson probably should have. You know, if you win a world championship at uh, the hundred meter hurdles, maybe you should be getting some better stuff. I know they're big listeners, but if the people from Capilano Honey are listening, uh, sign her up straight away. Switching to probably some less than positive news, Simon, and uh, Jared Hayne finds his way into the uh, headlines again. Jared Hayne in the headlines. Yeah, I know, it's hard to believe. Um, uh, this time, oh, well, it seems to be the same story, 
but you just changed the coach's name. Uh, this time he is head-to-head with Neil Henry, the coach of the Gold Coast Titans in the NRL. Um, there had to be a, a summit meeting, if you want to call it, uh, during the week where Hayne and Henry met to try and thrash out any differences they have. And following that come all of these reports that Henry is going to be sacked. Hayne will stay on. Uh, to the two halves, young halves at the Titans, Kane Elgie and uh, Ash Taylor also want Hay- uh, want Henry sacked and to keep Hayne there. Simon, what's your take on this whole debacle? What is going on on the Gold Coast with sport? <laughs> Is it? Is it? We, do we need to do a Dunkirk? Do we need to evacuate all sport from there right now? <laughs> well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because one of the questions we got from our listeners during the week was from Chris Meister, who said, "Is the Gold Coast worth persisting with for sports leagues and teams?" But let's just bank that for a moment because we want to get Hayne out of the way first, and then we'll get into the Gold Coast being a desolate graveyard for Australian sports. No, the the, the problem there is that the situation the Titans were in. They needed someone like Hayne. They need to make a move. Someone like Hayne does get people through the turnstiles. You know what? And, and with Neil Henry and, um, you know, a little bit of a comparison there to Rodney Eade as well, they've got to look at the type of coaches they get. As, there's, there's a big age gap and it's a they almost need like a Luke Beveridge type who can relate to these type of so players. a young hip and edgy kind of kind of coach is what the Titans need, but not hip. And is edgy. that is that the worst possible thing that the a Gold Coast team could have? No, but I'm saying don't hire an old codger. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Now, um, this seems to be a theme with Jared Hayne and his coaches. Um, and you'll you'll remember Simon in the preseason this year, Hayne was fined by the Titans leadership group for his efforts at preseason training, uh, and that's fined, not rewarded. Um, he's yeah, he's had a bit of trouble. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I wasn't sure why they got him in the first place, other than what you said, bums on seats, because they were travelling pretty well last year, and I guess they were bringing him in. But he had played all up, including rugby sevens and NFL. He'd played less than two hours of competitive sport in about two years. And he was brought into the NRL as some sort of, you know, saviour figure who was going to come out and burn everyone else away and show that take the Titans to all sorts of places where they haven't been before. And some idiot journalist was saying that him coming to the Titans last year, they were going to win the flag. They were going to um, become champions. They're just... Name names, Tony. People said... Oh, I can't remember. If right. I did, I would have said it. But um, people just can't... Um, I mean, if you, if you look at his career, his... Brilliant in 2014. He won the Dally M. Sensational and year. Brilliant for about a third of 2009 when he took – well, he was a significant contribution to um, the Eels going from eighth all the way to the premiership against a dodgy Melbourne Storm team. Um, but outside of that, I mean, he's he's good, but they're paying him $1.2 million and there's no way he's giving them $1.2 million worth of on-field value. Welcome to Rugby League, I guess, Tony. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but uh, he's under contract for one more year. He's got one more year, yeah. And so um, the apparently head, the, the, the headlines t- will continue. Uh, um, as they tend to do around him. But they've Gold Coast are alleged to have told him that if he can find a better offer to, or if he can find someone to take some of that money, go get, for it. Getting back to the, the star but loose p- player – who may be having, uh, who might be fading and might be a bit, have some discipline problems. Can you think of anything 
Can you think of a comparison, AJ, where a coach or a player has turned that around? I mean, there's talk of Todd Carney coming back next year to the mm. NRL. But well, he never had many problems with his coaches. He just had problems with uh, phone cameras mm. and uh, police and alcohol. But I think uh, – I guess the most recent comparison would be Robbie Farrow and Jason Taylor at West Tigers. But that didn't that was turn a around. That was a disaster. And like we've uh, – I mean, we've got um, – Elgie Taylor and a couple of other players saying that they're going to, um, you know, review their positions. Exactly the same thing happened at the West Tigers. And they got rid of Farrah, who was supposed to be the horrible, you know, the horrible influence behind everything. And then all of a sudden Taylor's gone as well. Now Aaron Woods is gone. James Tedesco is gone. Uh, Mitch Moses is gone. All of their good players have gone. Um, and it's hard to see anything different happening here on the Gold Coast, is it? I can't – you're right. I can't think of a – when a when a coach and an individual player sat down to thrash out their differences and it turned out all for the better. Especially when the player might start going to the media and taking it um, out of behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, Las Vegas, America, there's no sporting teams there, is there? The Oakland Raiders are going to be in Las Vegas. So are they really? I can't remember if it's next season or the season after, but yeah. Like Other than that, there. there's, there's some minor yeah. league baseball. There's, you know... Yeah. College, that sort of thing, but no, no major stuff apart from it. Wouldn't it be fantastic in the next five years if something fantastic happened on the Gold Coast with the Suns or the Titans? Yeah, can you see it though? I can't. The lure the of Titans the theme were, parks and the Titans were pretty good last year, yeah, and um, they had their chance with Scotty Prince. I don't know they went into a, a, mm. a semi final against the Roosters. Um, a few years ago, and they—that's right, yeah. But they had um, a couple of years where they had pretty hot starts, yeah. but faded towards the end. But gee, you've got to get a good coach, mm. and you don't just need to get a good coach; you need to get good people and have a good environment. And I don't want to bring it back to Bellamy in the storm, but let me bring it back to Bellamy <laughs> in the storm. Um, well, Melbourne's like the Gold Coast. Well, no, <laughs> it's the it's, it's the polar opposite, isn't it? Um, mm. But um, no, I, I think he's bad news, Hayne, isn't he? Well, it um, seems. Seems that way. And now there's talk that he'll go play rugby uh, overseas, which is fair enough. As I've been consistently said on a sporting discussion, so I never begrudge anyone getting paid whatever anyone else wants to pay him. But uh, this just seems to be a recurring theme with Mr. Hayne. I'd like to think... Fair or not. I'd like to think on the Gold Coast, though, there was a a meeting with... Gentlemen in polo shirts going... <laughs> well, white, white denim? What do we all think? And yeah. um, White oh, denim and know. sockless it's boat shoes. They've looked okay at times this year and then mm. they've been, you know... But that's the story the That's the story since 2007, really. I mean, they've, yeah, they've, looked, they've looked pretty good or they've been pretty abject. Like The last couple of weeks for the Titans have been absolutely putrid. But let's uh, pivot away from that to Chris's question about the future of... Uh, sports leagues, Aussie pro sport up on the Gold Coast. What do you What do you say? The problem there, AJ, is there's two stadiums there that have been built recently um, that need to be played in. Well, yeah, they need to be played in, but well, do they need to be knocked down and turned into housing estates? Because uh, it hasn't been a happy hunting ground for rugby league. There's Gold Coast Seagulls were there. Um, the oh, what were they called the crushes? South Queensland Crushers were there. Uh, there have been all any number of the rollers? basketball teams. Um, there was Gold Coast United, the Clive Palmer. Um, oh, I went to a game there. Where yeah, you and about twelve hundred people. Well, we were fenced off just to, in in a little um, 
in a few bays. No. Well, that's right. But remember, he uh, Palmer decided to shut the uh, shut the crowd out because it was cheaper for him to stop them coming in than it was to get over a certain number. I can't remember what those numbers were on my head. I've just got a little little list here. We've had Gold Coast United in the soccer, Gold Coast Blaze in the NBL, the East Coast Aces who were in the NRC, the rugby champion, National Rugby Championship League, the Cougars, Gold Coast Cougars, which were NBL, Gold Coast Rollers, which you mentioned were NBL, NBL which had um, Andre Lafleur, Andre Lafleur, And Ronnie Andre Ratliff, Lafleur. I think, played there as well. Uh, the Gold Coast Chargers in the NRL uh, and then the – Seagulls in the NRL, the Brisbane Bears. Well, we don't count the Brisbane Bears as a Gold Coast team, but they played. They, were, it. they, they played at Carrara. They played at Carrara because the Gabba still had the dog track and was being redesigned. Basically, they knocked down, rebuilt. Imagine the Gabba. not being able to play at a stadium because of greyhounds. That's that's the start, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> but in all of those teams, uh, and even the ones we've got now, the um, Titans and the Suns, there are none that have a winning legacy. There's got to be one, though, and, and that's why Mark Evans, maybe in Australian sport, has more pressure on him outside of Michael Checker. Um, the CEO of the, the Suns mm. has got a, um, I don't know, he needs a Willie Beeman type to save them, a, a, a messiah. <laughs> but they had that in Gary Ablett, or so they thought. Um, so what can be the problem here? I mean, everything's failed there except... Except, I guess, V8 supercars. But V8 supercars are only there once a year. But even that's fading. But we, it's were, a, we were told that on Twitter too by Dan McBeardy. So thank you, Dan. It's a fun place. It's sunny. There's water. There's girls. There's beach. There's sand. It's fantastic. Um, but surely it's got to change. And the AFL are stubborn. So um, Well, the AFL are stubborn because they've got enough money. Hmm. They've got enough money to be stubborn, but all the other leagues don't. Do you think... Is it people being hoodwinked by uh, statistics for this sort of stuff? Because they see growth corridor, population boom, uh, great uh, consistent tourism and all of that sort of thing and they think, well, we need to get in here and have a professional team that's going to take a bite out of this. But I guess people aren't there to watch pro sport. No, they're not. Um, The the comparison I like to think of is it's like taking – it's like the the um, the missionaries trying to take religion to <laughs> Africa or South America or something, and it taking any sport the, to the Gold Coast. I think the, the tough thing isn't just the players. I mean, the players at least they can get out in two or three years, but people move up there with their families. Um, mm. You know, administrators and coaches and uh, all, all sorts of support groups um, or, or supporting parts of the clubs. Um, but this is the thing about sport is they've got to knuckle down and try um, and um, from little things, big things grow. Um, maybe it changes, but in answer to Chris's question, the stadiums are there. What they need to do is that the people that work there and play there need to go for the right reasons, not just for money. Um, they need to believe in what they're doing and they need to be a part of the community and, and there for the long haul, and that's the, that's the challenge. Simon, it's switching to AFL and a big couple of months of announcements of players retiring. Um, some of the biggest names in modern football, like Luke Hodge, Nick Rewalt, Sam Mitchell, Steve Johnson, uh, have said, well, let me go through the whole list. 
about that. That'd that'll, be good. That'll make more sense. There's probably been a few since we've gone. <laughs> yeah, on the air. yeah. This comes with the caveat that there's probably a couple more coming. Uh, we've got Luke Hodge, Nick Rewalt, Sam Mitchell, Steve Johnson, Matt Prittis, Joe Watson, Matthew Boyd, Scott Thompson. Bob Murphy, Josh Gibson, and we've also got Zach Dawson and Jesse White. Um, well over 3,000 games, 15 premierships, all sorts of accolades, all Australians and those sort of things. Uh, Simon, is this is this something that's – is it a strange thing to happen at once or what do you think? You wouldn't want to be in your 30s, AJ. <laughs> They're um, – it's a shame, um, but the game's changing. Even with Dangerfield's little – uh, run up playing full forward. Um, the game's mm-hmm. changing, and you need to run. Ar- you need to be able to run around a lot. Um, and uh, I think um, there's some f- fantastic players in there, though. It's some of the best, um, I guess, uh, on-ball hard players whose bodies have probably just shot at the moment. It's um, yeah, like Hodge Rewald, Mitchell, Matt Prudis. Joe Watson, Matthew Boyd, they, I mean, and Scott Thompson, their um, their game is beat the other guy. Mm. <laughs> Be as strong physically as you can. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting point you raise. The game's a lot faster. So your older fella can't be, what, tucked away in a pocket or something like that? Well, it's a shame. Or put on a wing? But it's a shame, isn't it? Because um, some of those have got a lot to you, – you, I don't know. The one I've forgotten, sorry, was James Kelly, uh, oh, who plays for Essendon, who's announced today. Um, Great player. Uh, former Geelong legend and as well. Maybe a, a very much underrated and probably played two or three years later than well, yeah, expected. Yeah. Uh, and that's that was leading into what I was going to ask you. Uh, are any of those players on the list I told you, could any of them have kept going? I don't think Rewalt could because the body's fallen apart. I don't think Gibson could have. Um I don't think any of them could. The only one maybe would be Luke Prittis. Sorry, Matt Prittis. Luke Prittis is a bloody hooker who used to play for Penrith and the Broncos. Um, Matt he's Prittis. coming to the <laughs> Yeah, he's switching. Um, Matt Prittis maybe, but you could tell in his press conference that he's more than happy to say, you know what, that's, that's enough. No, I probably agree with you. However, wouldn't they be fantastic to have around the club? Um, but maybe the gap's too big. Mm. Uh, would they be kept around clubs or these days it seems to be you retire and you either go into media or you go and be part of a star-studded assistant coach setup? I don't know. I, I personally think you need to cut ties and come back a little bit later. Otherwise, it's a little bit like the Australian cricket team where one minute someone you're playing with is coaching you. It makes it a bit icky. Mm. You need a bit of time. Um, but there's certainly a lot. Of, you would like to be in the Toyota... Uh, convertible Ute market dealership this year because yeah. <laughs> they're going to need about 40. Um, can, I, can I say something, AJ, about one of the players there? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, and I, I was almost going to make a, a, a joke about well, go on. Tyrone Vickery maybe being... Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to because that's not, that's not right. That's Things not nice. can change quickly. Yeah. But um, Zach Dawson um, is a bit of a running joke with a lot of people. But... Um, he was a very good player and mm. he was someone who played on some big – big Played on some of the best forwards, forwards yeah. And, um, yeah, he wasn't the greatest – What did he um, play? I think four four grand finals he played in without a win. Yeah. Um, one of them was a draw. I encourage ASD listeners to perhaps have a, a rethink about Zach Dawson 
and he um, he was he was all right, I reckon. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was a bit of a joke at the start of his career because he was basically a stick figure getting thrown to the wolves uh, when he played at Hawthorne, getting thrown to the wolves against guys like Anthony Rocker and um, Sav Rocker as well, I think it was, um, and some of the big forwards of the period who just kicked bags and bags of goals on him. Um, but it all it worked out for the – well, not for the best because he didn't win any premierships, but he's still very reliable and unobtrusive, let's call it. Mm, you know, he's not paying – he's not getting paid the – the money that some of the, those others are. Actually, another thing is I went to the final where Hawthorne were beaten by West Coast um, a couple of years ago and uh, Prudis was out injured at the time for that game mm. and the West Coast crowd, when he walked across the ground in a suit after the game, no, before the game, they loved him. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe that's a... Well, you don't hear about that on the East Coast, do you? It's a classic case of if... We're not over there. We don't actually get it. Um, and he was a fabulous player. Bit of the same with Scott Thompson from Adelaide, who's absolutely incredible yeah, footballer. It was, it was hard to watch him the other week. He just looks so slow. The, the other one is I watched Friday night's game, GWS versus uh, Bulldogs. Yeah. And uh, he's one of my favourite players. But Stevie Johnson looked about 40 years older than those <laughs> other players. And that probably says a lot about some of the um, the really quick skills of the GWS players. But, jeez, mm. he looks slow. But I'm not writing him off because all he needs mm. to do is do one. Well, he has looked slow before, hasn't he? But he's 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 won uh, GWS a couple of games this year with some yeah. snappy thinking. The first one that springs to mind is his goal against Collingwood with not long to go. Oh, at fantastic! All. Yeah, the perfect crumb. Yeah, and yeah. Um, who's your favourite out of all of that? Pending, obviously, with the caveat that there might be some more coming. Who's your um, I mean, I'm a Hawthorne supporter, but I won't go, go near that. Um, Boyd from Bulldogs is fantastic. It's a good story, isn't it? It's a fantastic story. And um, he was All-Australian last year. Yeah, this is incredible. Yeah. I'll, go to, I'll, I'll tell a quick story. One night, um, a long time ago, I was out at the pub with a friend of mine and uh, out in Glen Waverley, if you can believe that, and... Uh, a guy came in to meet up with some of his friends and watch a replay of, I think it was the Bulldogs playing Fremantle. And it was Boyd's first game. And it was Boyd who was at the pub after the game with a group of his mates watching the replay of the game. And uh, Fremantle absolutely destroyed the Bulldogs. <laughs> and do you reckon his friends were, uh, you know, understanding about it all? No. It was really funny. It was a really funny thing to see. No, it's a he, he. He's a fantastic player, um, but like anything, they they move on and people take their places, and um, you, you you can't play forever. AJ, um, it would be nice though if we could find a role in the AFL where maybe players could play a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit later on, and even if it's just a few games in a year, and maybe not travel interstate or stay up forward in the square or whatever, mm. um, or. Well, actually, what's happened to AFLX? Oh, <laughs> that's another discussion for another time. Yeah. Um, when the AFL's in trouble, I think they'll wheel out what's happened with AFLX. Um, interesting point you raised, though, because it seems to be no one is saying, oh, look, we can we can structure a position or something for this guy to stay on or we can, you know, we want him to stay on and play, maybe play in the VFL and help the young guys out. Or but you don't do that when you're... A, well, some of these guys are legends, a good word to use. Mm. 
I wonder how many of those have been approached by other clubs, though. You know, if it is a mm. Gold Coast for Luke Hodge for one more year, that kind of thing. I know he probably wouldn't be interested, but it, I don't know. Leave a message, send a text. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think looking at all of the uh, all of the uh, public pronouncements and the press conferences that we've seen, everyone everyone on that list that we've just read off is pretty comfortable with their decision. Mm. And Simon, we got a pretty interesting tweet on this topic, or kind of combination of all the topics of this week's show. It was from Ian Harkin on Twitter, who said, "If Jared Hayne was half as determined as Sally Pearson." and half as team-orientated as the big list of AFL greats retiring, the Gold Coast wouldn't be in this mess. I like that. Brings it all together nicely for us. You're right, Ian. Time for everyone's favourite part of the podcast, Simon. Questions without notice. I don't know what you're going to ask. You don't know what I'm going to ask. Do you want to flip to see who goes first? We can Congratulations, you lead us off. Okay, uh, AJ, NRL. Um, uh, Will Hopawate from the Canary Bulldogs at this point in the season has a, uh, a very unfortunate stat with three games to go. Do you know what that stat is? I don't. Uh, he is playing fullback and starting fullback for the Canary Bulldogs this year. Yeah, they're he rubbish. Has, they are. And he has not scored a try as yet. Really? And um, <laughs> I, I probably should questions without notice with no information. <laughs> I will go and say, we can do this on corrections next yeah. week. But um, I believe that it'll be some sort of record for at least a long time yeah. since a starting fullback for a whole season has, has not scored a try. Hasn't scored one try. That's incredible. Mind you, yeah, Canterbury struggled to score a try at all. But too many forwards, too many forwards. You ready for your question? I am. Uh, AFL Who's a, Is there a, such a thing as a smoky for the top eight Or is it all done and dusted and decided I think it's done and decided But um, we do go a bit After every week there's a favourite Like everyone's talking about the Melbourne Demons again As if there's some just, sort of super team Just stories is these, Are these just for stories Or is there a genuine chance that someone can come in who have we got at the moment? We've I think got... Adelaide are brittle. I think Adelaide up the top are brittle, especially come grand final day, but surely mm. with two finals. They're not going to miss the eight, though. Um, no, they're not going to miss the eight. We, well, oh. Essendon, maybe. Yeah. Essendon could. So Essendon might sneak up, you reckon? I don't know. At the moment, Melbourne, who's, who's vulnerable? Melbourne, West Coast, they're seven and eight. Bulldogs are nine and ten. Are West Coast going to make the eight. Wow. Ooh, I think they've got. I've got one more home game against Adelaide. Mm. So uh, what, I'm, what I'm gathering from what you're saying to me there is that you don't see a Smokey coming into the eight. No, I don't think so. And yeah. I think it, even though with last year's Cinderella story, I think we're, we're heading towards a bit of a top four. I, 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 I want Richmond to win a final. I, <laughs> I really do. For, um, well, these days for the if universe. you finish top four with the bye, you don't want to, fi- you don't want to win your first final. I think there's talk of scratch matches and um, uh, loudspeakers at grounds with crowd noises, etc., um, to try and simulate. But um, we can blame we can blame Ross Lyon and uh, Brad Scott for that for resting entire teams. I like the AFL's overreaction, but that's something else. What's your next question? Oh, questions without notice. Without, without notice, notice. Without notice. Um, we all saw on social media the Melbourne fellow dressed in his tweed and. Uh, out there uniform eating his cheese platter 
Um, I want to ask the question, what's the story there? How did he get the knife into the venue? Yeah. <laughs> well, how did he get two giant wooden <laughs> boards into the venue? <laughs> what did you think, AJ? <laughs> I, I didn't mind it. It's better than a pie, better than chips. Uh, showed a bit of creativity. There's bit of creativity. Of... Well, is uh, any any caterer worth their salt would surely be putting out a uh, a breadboard sort of arrangement this week. No, Melbourne's the king of hipsterville. No, it's, you don't because what it is. You don't a... serve food on plates anymore. You serve it on boards or tiles. No, but what it, it's not catering. It's bring from home. What it is, you know, there's people who come with Tupperware. People come with foil. You've got the, your hot dogs in the thermos. You've got your sandwiches wrapped up. This is not about catering. This is about the person who doesn't want to buy any catering. So, But what if um, the catering were to offer a bit more of a variety than what, you know, the bog standard carbo loading? There's a lot of variety out there, AJ. You know, down at, down at Geelong, I know there's baked potatoes and dumplings and um, calamari and squid at the MCG. Oh, and the Kransky guy. The, I do like the Kransky guy. Kransky's down there as well. Um, but to, to me, it's more what people bring from home rather than what you sell at the ground. Yeah, all right. Ready for the next one? I am, okay. Giving you some notice for this question without notice. Western Force have been booted from Super Rugby by the Australian – or the ARU. Uh, is that – was it handled – well, this is kind of a multifaceted question. Was it handled well? Should it have happened? And what would you have done? Um, it wasn't handled well. It was a disaster. Um I'm probably a bit biased. I'm here in Melbourne. I'm a bit of a fan of the Rebels, so I like it that they survive. But um, I must say, with the the move of um, with Twiggy Forest's money, and it, it it did seem to me like the Perth people rallied a little bit more behind the Western Force mm. than Melbourne did behind the Rebels. Oh, the Perth people certainly cared more about their team than Melbourne does, mm. doesn't it? But um, I don't know. Every sport has its ups and downs, and we can't get much more down than this. But I think the code needs to have a good hard look at itself. Um, and yeah, I think CEO Bill Pulver re- resigned that day as well, about half an hour after the announcement. Um, there, just as a side note, the ARU had their announcement on a Friday afternoon, and then held a press conference at five pm on a Friday, which is where you're uh, taking out the trash. Is the uh, colloquialism? Well, the Herald's already been printed at five, yeah. so you missed the paper. <laughs> Journos are hitting deadlines or they're travelling to sports events that night. But there is a great following in this country for rugby and they need to get back to what it is and um, make it fun to go to the games and get people talking about it again. Yeah. I'll tell you what they could do, make it a bit, little bit more exciting and a few more tries and some more scores. Um, but, well, that's um, kind of ebbs and flows, isn't it, in rugby? There's periods of, uh, of the game where you can't, you can't look yeah. away for all the tries being scored and there's other periods where... Everyone just kicks for territory and works for penalties. But I mean, we're the, kind of in that phase at the moment, aren't we? The the pressures that and the morale at both clubs must have been shocking. Um, and mm. I think hopefully, but I imagine it'll go through the courts now, won't it? But well, I would have thought so. Yeah. But, um, I know Andrew is a big fan of the uh, the Rebels, but uh, even he stopped. Um, oh, he gave up on them. them. Yeah. But you, that's <laughs> the thing is, you don't give up on them, and you you, you need to think about your. Your Chicago Cubs and your um, Boston Red Sox that um, you just need to stick with them. Mm. Rugby people, stick with them. And those listeners out there haven't been to a game, get to a game next year. Mm. What's next? Uh, Question without notice, without notice. Um, AJ, we have spoken about the AFL already. Yeah. Um, I hate to break it to you, but Hawthorne can mathematically make the eight. Well, shouldn't they have been a smoky then for your eight? 
No, because I had it as a question for oh. notice. <laughs> so I wanted to, to save up on that one. Let me shut that down here and now very quickly. Hawthorne aren't making the finals. So you're saying bad call. Forget them. Even though that's not the seg. Forget segment. it. Forget it. They're done. Sometimes your Geelong nature just surprises me. Oh, you're no. Sca- this you're is, scared this of the Hawks, aren't you, AJ? Not at all. Not at all. I don't think anyone is. I think we'll have another update on this next Wednesday and just see <laughs> what's happening because I think um, – AJ's looking a little bit hot under the collar, listeners, now. <laughs> I think he's worried about the Hawks. Isaac Smith deserves oh, please. a third chance to kick a goal against Geelong <laughs> in an important game. Uh, you ready for the last question without notice, Simon, Just as we seamlessly move on? Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo pushed a referee after being red-carded for uh, a second yellow. Let me just recount what happened here. He scored a goal in the uh, Spanish Cup. I think it was... Uh, uh, first leg against Barcelona, so it's El Clasico, the big, the big daddy of them all. Even though it's not real games, um, scored a goal, took the shirt off, got yellow carded, and then uh, about twenty minutes later, scored an absolutely incredible goal. And then, not long after that, was racing in on goal, looked to be taken down, got yellow carded for diving, and then was subsequently red carded. So he got one yellow for taking his shirt off and preening after scoring. And then he got a second yellow for simulation in that uh, he dived trying to steal a penalty. Uh, As he was leaving the field, uh, he pushed the ref in the back, kind of just a shove and wandered off. Now, he has received a five-game suspension. Is that – let's do the uh, three little – the three bears test. Is that – too much, too little, or is it just right? What the 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 three bed? Oh, the temperature of the beds. You mean? Yeah. Well, no, the, it's not the temperature. The, of the porridge. Beds, it's, no, it's it's the porridge. It's oh. not, I thought it was that one bed was too soft, and one bed was too hard. But it was the porridge, wasn't it? The temperature of the porridge. We're way no. off track here, Simon. No, no, no. no but I, I'm <laughs> saying you, you can't touch the refs and umpires, as we saw at uh, Point Cook Albion. On Sunday, where the oh yeah, geez, chased off the green. An under fifteen umpire got chased off the field. But is five games enough of a suspension for you? Or? You can't touch the umpire. But getting back to, and we are, I'm going to take this further off track. The whole taking your shirt after you score a goal, it's a little bit like a beach ball at the cricket. What's wrong with it? Seriously, yeah. What's wrong with it? It's a little bit like standing up in the stirrups when you you win a race. What's wrong with it? But you can't touch the refs, umpires, etc. AJ. Mm. Um, well, we had, uh, I think it was Danny Vukovic uh, contacted a ref, Mark Shield it was, after the Newcastle Jets won, uh, the Newcastle Jets beat Central Coast Mariners in an A-League grand final. He received a few months and missed an Olympics, um, which was going to put him in the shop window for international play and all that sort of stuff. So he's, does Ronaldo getting five games kind of for genuinely shoving a ref? It wasn't an accident. It wasn't, you know in a melee of players and he just bounced off him. He reached over and pushed him. Mm. So is five games enough? Oh, probably in that it's Europe. And I think Europe maybe, you know, Europe's a bit of a touchy-feely kind of place, AJ. <laughs> and on that touchy-feely note, Simon, that might do us for this week's episode of A Sporting Discussion. Uh, remember, folks, you can get in touch with us at any time. We're on Twitter at ASD underscore podcast or go to facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. Uh, we want your thoughts on the show, your thoughts on what you think we should be talking about, your thoughts on what you want to talk about. Uh, leave us a message and uh, we'll see where we go from there. Simon, what are you doing sports-wise this week? 
Uh, I've actually got cricket training on Saturday morning. What? Which will be it's August. Cricket training is back. Um, and going to Eddie had to watch Hawthorne Carlton Saturday night under the roof. Under the roof. Nice one. Yourself, uh, AJ. Where are you off to? Uh, I don't have a lot of sporting pursuits this week. Do you want to no, come down and roll the arm uh, over? No, not at all. Not cricket. Jeez. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week. Maybe Andrew will be back. Who knows? Uh, and, oh, just before we go, a quick shout-out to Mitch Delamotte, who contacted us. He's running a half marathon this weekend and wants to break two hours. Good luck, mate. Uh, Good on you, Mitch. Go hard. Go hard.